Welcome to the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. We've combined life experience with young adult drive and ambition. Are you just starting to college plan? Did you finish your education and wonder, now what? Join us in this lively discussion about the topics you need to know to create the next stage of your life's dreams, careers, finances, education, and more. Brought to you by Voice for Heroes 501c3. Welcome to another episode, the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. This is right in the middle of season two, and it has been an incredible season already. We've had really empowering guests of all different topics to hopefully help not only our young adults, but also the parents and families for resources that I think everyone needs to thrive and survive in today's world. We've gained a lot of insight and today is gonna to be no different. We have Tom Brown and he has come to us as one of the founding fathers of Fund for Sports. I think I got that right, fundforyouthsports.org. <laughs> and we're gonna talk about fundraising, fundraising and supporting our youth in sports and making sure that they have this opportunity over and over again, year after year to be able to expand into sports and have the resources and funding that they need. We've got a big topic to discuss today. Thank you so much for Tom for being with us. And of course, we always have Ed Sanderson, our amazing leader and co-host here and McKenna Hirsch, who is doing an incredible job as our co-host this summer with us. So thank you everyone for being here. Thanks for that nice warm introduction, Amy. I don't want to talk about Tom. I want to talk more about how wonderful I am. <laughs> I, I think we Amazing. should. We're going to have a whole wonderful Ed episode coming soon. <laughs> yeah, Tom, well, I'm sorry. You can't be on today. We're going to talk about how amazing and wonderful That's I am. That's all right. Well, I'll come back next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of which, Tom has been in season one. So um, yes. Tom is enough to come on um, and talk a little bit about his profession. He's uh, a programmer, designer web website a lot of different things i don't want to undersell that tom you can remind them of the things that you've accomplished um and he was kind enough to let a young man interview him about what direction and focus um, he should have as he uh, was going into computer programming and the options as as an employee and as an entrepreneur and i think tom said something about side hustle and how getting some experience on the side would be valuable well, Tom and I had a conversation, uh, I don't even know if it's been 36 hours ago, and we got together, <laughs> but it, and, and we were talking about, you know, Tom and I had a couple conversations, but the one at the end of the year, Tom, was the one that kind of got my attention, and we had talked about kind of narrowing our focus in that we wanted to do something that's more personal and something that resonates in our heart. And just like most entrepreneurs, you were spread all over the place doing a lot of different things. And you helped me kind of understand your philosophy. And so I thought maybe you could just take a minute and talk about, you know, what you've done in programming, but more importantly, how this uh, new, I shouldn't say it's new because you've been working in programming for nurses that helps them put their career on the right track and documenting what they need to get occupations coming out of college in different places in the United States. But then you told me about one that you were doing for youth sports. And honestly, that one I was super excited about because I work with a lot of students who are, are in um, athletics 
They have to do a ton of fundraising to kind of keep, keep things moving. And then you started to talk a little bit about what you're doing to help 501c3s get fundraising and any type of environment where a young person wants to get donations. You've built this platform. And listen, I know we all have to make a living, but you're this is more of a passion project for you. And I thought we'd want to come and talk about why it's important for you to be involved and in kind of the explosive nature of what you've seen and how people are using it to help young people get the funding they need to be in sports. And frankly, sounds like you could do a lot of other things with it. Uh, like I said, the 501c3. So that was a long-winded way of saying I was super impressed on what you were trying to do. <laughs> you could put that in your words. It'll be better than what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the last year of my, you know, career, I guess, has been, you know, trying to focus on things that matter, right? Trying to find something that provides me some purpose and, and other people a benefit, right? And not just a money grab. And the money's great, but at a certain point in time, the, the skills that I have to do software development and, and other things like that, you know, it doesn't give me the same satisfaction that it gave me 20 years ago when I first learned it. You know, I still enjoy doing it, but I'm, I really enjoy getting, you know, seeing the benefit that people have of it now. And doing that for a huge corporation, it's great. You get a big check, but you don't see the impact. And mm-hmm. so I've been trying to find projects that give me that other side, give me that satisfaction of seeing the benefit of the work I'm doing and, and seeing how it impacts people. Um, I was lucky enough to meet the founder of, of Fund Youth Sports. He's a local football coach here in Southern California. Um, I met him just doing my normal day, right? I found some guy on Upwork that needed help. I was going to donate a few hours and it turned into this. <laughs> um, and he just had a passion for kids. He's a real estate agent. He has been coaching for 10 years, has probably spent a million dollars of his own money flying kids around the country, buying uniforms, you know, stands on the sideline every Saturday and tapes up legs and gets water bottles for people and is just really selfless with it. And they had tried every fundraising platform out there and all of them would take 20 to 30% of their money, you know, that they raised. And that money is supposed to go to the kids, right? That's supposed to provide them opportunity. And we kind of put our heads together and said, we want to make it zero. Like that, that's our goal is that if grandma or grandpa or aunt and uncle, somebody donates a hundred dollars, the kids should get the hundred dollars um, and, and provide opportunity. And so I went into it thinking it was going to be a couple month project. And a year and a half later, we, you know, have had the platform out there for a year and five months. <laughs> we've established a nonprofit and uh, we've raised close to a million dollars for, for kids over the last year, just in, in kind of our initial phase. So, um, you know, hopefully we can get to talk about a few of the other big projects that have spun out of that now, but it's, um, it's been really amazing to just kind of see the impact and, and be a part of growing that from the ground up. That's fantastic. And Tom, I promise Ed will give you the space to talk about those other projects that are coming up. Nah, we're out of time. Sorry. <laughs> he will. He will. <laughs> 
Instead of having multiple questions, now Amy have huge lead ups to one question. I do notice he's condensed that. We've worked on the multiple and then now we're getting that longer. We're, we're getting there, Tom. We're getting there. Ed is doing a fabulous job and we throw him under the bus every week, but actually we couldn't do this without him. And he's such an <laughs> integral part of this show. So uh, for all of our listeners who hear us pick on Ed, we really do appreciate and love him. And he's got extent, outstanding talents and gifts that he brings to so many. So uh, I, I wanted to ask uh, McKenna, I don't know if you can kind of give some perspective on this as a young person. You, you just finished up your first year in college, but I know in high school you did a lot of stuff in terms of volunteer work. Can Was what Tom is talking about, does that resonate with you on trying to get things together and get mom and dad and the community involved? Does a, a tool like this, do you see that having some value for folks like you who are trying to make a difference in the community? Absolutely. I mean, I feel like as high schoolers, there's some pressure just like get involved or build up your college resume through volunteering. And, you know, there's a certain age where you're not legally allowed to um, drive yet. So you have kind of have to like rely on your parents to take you around. But I think something like this would definitely be a benefit. Um, I know when I was in high school, um, until all the high schoolers that we have going through right now, but definitely. Um, so, Tom, you mentioned the other ways that you're using this technology to benefit other folks. Maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I mean, once you, you know, our main focus right now is or was helping six to 14 year olds um, because those were the kids who we felt like needed to showcase themselves. Right. There's a lot of great athletes. There's a lot of kids in underprivileged areas, you know, families that don't have a lot of money, you know, grandmas and moms are deciding whether to pay a utility bill or buy new cleats or sneakers, right? Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to make sure first that we could provide a solution and, and tools for those teams to get kids off the streets, get kids out of the house, get kids away from the device and, and get them back on a safe field you know, with an opportunity to learn something and, and be a positive part of the community. And now that's grown into high schools. So we've, we're now working with athletic directors, you know, solving big problems for them of managing all these fundraisers and finances. And, you know, it's kind of the wild west of, of money because money would come into all these individual people and then they had to give them to the athletic department and all the accounting and everything. So we've been able to simplify that to, kind of a one dashboard view of your entire fundraising um, activities for an athletic department, which is cool. Um, and that's now branched off into, you know, we're working with someone who's providing sports training to military families all over the world, right, for free. And we're starting a youth girls football league um, nationwide, you know, with, with the reach that we have. And, and other projects like that. So just this simple tool of taking a credit card for a donation has now turned into these kind of nationwide, worldwide opportunities to, to impact the youth everywhere. Tom, I wanna have a discussion briefly regarding the pressure with sports, the balance with sports, and when it comes to, to acad academia, I know there's so much out there with club sports and the pressure to perform and the concern that maybe some parents have on how that affects them in academia. But what do you see from your perspective, how it actually enhances their ability to perform better in school and how this makes them a more balanced and healthy little young adult? 
Yeah, there's so many things that you learn by having to manage time, really. Like if you have practice for three hours a day and you have school till three o'clock and you have to eat dinner and talk to your parents for an hour, right? You don't have a lot of time to do things. And so the biggest thing that kids have a problem with is deciding what to work, what to do, right? And so sports kind of gives you that time management of I've got to do this now. I've got to go here now. I'm, I'm responsible to this person. I'm responsible to that person. Right. And if, and if you don't have some of that structure, then you're left to just figure it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and most kids between six and 14 and heck, even 25 nowadays um, don't have that. You know, they're, they're just kind of looking around for someone to tell them what to do. Um, the ability to listen to other people that aren't your parents and be respectful and take criticism and implement that. Right. And, and I mean, on the finance side, kids nowadays are getting NIL deals at eight, at 14. And NIL is name, image, likeness for people that don't know that. You know, right. basically companies can pay you now to, to do a social media post about their brand, right? To do whatever. We have a kid on our platform, he's eight years old, he plays basketball all over the country and gets paid $5,000 a month by a major brand. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And we were talking to him and I'm like, what do you do with the money? And he goes, well, my dad makes me save it all. I'm not happy about it, but I have to save it all. Right. So now with these types of opportunities, kids aren't getting a $5 check in a card from grandma. You know, they're getting a $5,000 check from Nike or wow. someone else. And there's a certain responsibility that comes with that, that they need to learn. You know, they need to learn not to let people abuse them for their money, right? Not take advantage of them and, and how to save that and how to spend it and, and what to do with it. So, you know, there's a lot of things now that kids have to deal with, you know, that I didn't, you know, 40 years ago playing sports. You know, we just get dropped off at the gym and play for an hour and go home. You know, now there's a media guy taking a picture of you, filming you, making a video on Instagram, you know, to promote you at eight years old. You know, that's a whole different universe and skills that you have to learn to deal with it. Uh, I wanted to just ask a question, Tom. Uh, you mentioned this to me the other day, and I don't know if it's premature to talk about it, but you you alluded to it in your last answer, which was financial literacy. Uh, you were talking about how it's important, even in this platform, to show young people, particularly with NIL, to do something with their money because mm -hmm. you, you said it to me, and maybe you could share with the audience the number of people who go pro. So when they get this money, how important is the financial literacy part to your program and helping them kind of, you know, build something for their future after athletics? It's a huge um, problem, quite honestly. And, and our, the founder, Matt Duell, is dealing with that right now. Um, he one of his major passions around the nonprofit is financial literacy. He has all these kids that have come from LA Vegas to play for his team in Temecula because they win national championships every year. Well, now since he's been there for 10 years, his first kind of batch of kids are getting into the NFL. He had, uh, wow. I think three people were drafted this year that played for him. Um, I won't name drop, but it was the first pick in the NFL draft this year. And these guys are calling him 
They're not calling their dads, their grandpas. They're calling Matt because Matt's given them good advice over the years about what to do with their money. And so they call him and say, can you read this contract? Can you, where do I put my money? How do I keep these people from taking my money? Right. And, and so he's always known that to be true, but now he wants to have a big part of this nonprofit be how do we educate these kids from a very mm -hmm. young age so that when they have these negotiations with people, they're not saying yes, just because they don't know. They're saying yes, they're saying no, they're negotiating on themselves because they're educated about what these things mean and, and what they're going to do with their money. Um, and it, at the point of which someone's putting it in front of you is too late. You have to have planned for that long before. And, you know, some of these kids in college, they don't have bank accounts. They don't have credit cards. They don't have, they haven't established any credit, you know, and they're getting million dollar checks. Wow. And they just have no idea what to do with it. And I, th I think the stat, I'm not positive on the stat, but most NFL players file for bankruptcy once they retire within five years. I've heard that. Mm -hmm. I don't know the exact number, but it's a really high number. It was a high number. Yes. And, and now you have these kids that are getting paid in college who may never get to the pros to get the million dollars payday, you know, but they're getting a couple hundred grand here, 300 grand here for NIL deals. And that money doesn't last long, right? Especially if you're, you know, buddies are taking some and your parents are taking some and you're doing this and doing that. And then you get out of college, you don't go pro. What do you have? Right. You know, that hundreds of thousands of dollars could have done some real good for you. If you, if you had some people or tools to, to plan and, and the willingness to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, you know, that's why we're so excited to get these kids young to, to be able to instill that in them and, and make sure it's top of mind. I love it. McKenna, I know you have some questions. Of course. Um, so I love that you're helping set up these kids like both um, financially and athletically for success. But what are some ways that you instill success for like in terms of like their education um, and then also beyond outside of sports and being a student um, like professionally and personally? Yeah, we're, we have our education fund where we're going to be working with um, people from all walks. So mental health, finance, um, sports academies. So a lot of these kids, you know, can go to IMG. They can go to locally here in San Diego, Winner's Circle Academy or Limitless Academy, right? And so making sure that these top athletes go and, and have the ability to go to places where education is as much the message as athletics, you know, because 1% of 1% of 1% get to go pro and, and the rest of them have to figure it out. And, and to think that you're going to go pro is great and you should strive for it and, and work hard to do that. But if you're not getting all the other tools, um, you know, it's just not fair. So we're establishing relationships with these sports academies private schools that, that focus on sports to make sure that we've established scholarship funds that local businesses can pay into, you know, and, and get the tax write off. But then we can donate that to the school so that their financial aid people 
they know better who's coming in that really mm -hmm. needs the help. They've looked at the documentation. They've met the parents. They know who needs help and who doesn't. And so, you know, we can get the money to them, but we, we do rely on the coaches, on the school administrators, other people to have a pulse, you know, on who's coming in and who needs the help. Mm -hmm. um, and, and to the beyond part, you know, sports isn't just about, you know, getting on the court or getting on the field. You know, now there's hundreds of jobs around, you know, sports, right? You can be a media person, you can be an influencer, you can, you know, be a coach, you can do all of these things. And so our education is just not going to be about classroom stuff, but about, you know, how do we give you a job, give you a career in sports where you can still get the fulfillment of being around it, you know, but, but you're just on it on a different side of it. Um, so I was mentioning the, the military project that we're doing, um, United sports abroad is the, is the company and they, they provide sports training, coach training, you know, to military bases all throughout the world. Um, and those kids don't have the same access that we do here. Right. So they go to Japan or Guam or Philippines or Germany or somewhere and they can't just go off base and play in a pickup game. You know, they can't go find an elite team in Las Vegas to play with. And so oftentimes when they go there for a few years, they lose the ability to keep up with their classmates mm -hmm. right here in the States. And when they come back, they're a couple of years behind, but they may be 14, 15 years old and you can't catch up. So the person who runs this coach Bankhead, he has done this for years and has actually have success stories of people that were on base in Japan who came back, were on the same level, were able to get the college scholarship and go to college and play the sport they loved and get the education that they need. And if they didn't have those training, you know, mechanisms and the support system, that may not happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to, to be a part of something that provides those opportunities to, to get that education and set yourself up for the beyond. Like that's, it's just pretty cool um, to have that. I love that. That's exactly it. And the beyond. And I love the fact that you brought up about bringing in those resources to help advise them now, even younger, if they have that kind of money coming in, how they can see for the long haul, how that can be used to really provide for their future, plus other resources. Are there any other pain points that you've identified that this organization is going to be able to come in and really assist with quickly to make a difference in the lives of some of these youth? Uh, I'm going to use a broad term, but mental health. Um, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people look at the word men mental health as something bad, right? And, and mental health isn't, you know, because someone's sick or, you know, there's some disorder or something. It could just be confidence. It could be resiliency training. It could be any number of things that, that put you in a mental, you know, mentally good place. And, and a lot of kids don't have that support system. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Matt, Matt was at practice last night. He called me after practice and he was thinking about the mental health side. And one of the coaches got on this kid at practice because he wasn't hustling. Right. And Matt looked at him and he said, this kid always hustles. Like, so I'm going to go be the good, you know, kind of big brother and go over there and just put my arm around him. So he walked over and 
put his arm around him and the other coach just looked at him and shook his head like, don't baby it, right? But Matt said, what's going on? And the, and the kid said, you know, I haven't, I haven't had a meal in two days. Oh. But he couldn't tell anybody that because he was scared to tell people that because of what they would think of him or his family, you know? And for Matt to go over and put his arm around him and, get the, and have the kid have the confidence to say that to him, wow. you know? is something we want to teach coaches about, mm -hmm. you know, be, you know, it's good sometimes to get on somebody and yell at them and, you know, give them a little motivation. But at the same time, you have to be able to, to look at it and say, Hey, does this kid need a hug today? Does this kid need a conversation and, and to be in a place where they're willing to share, mm -hmm. you know? And so educating coaches on what to look for, yes. you know, when to look for it and, and how to, change you know quite honestly to to deal with some of these kids is is important and and gives them tools to to move forward powerful and yeah it was crazy it was crazy it's um you just don't know people's story and for a eight-year-old kid to share that i thought was pretty cool to have the trust in an adult to to share that too yes absolutely um, so Tom, I'm kind of interested in, I mean, I don't want to steer the business for you, but this seems to me that there's a lot of opportunity, uh, above and beyond the sports part of it. Where do you see this going? Like once you get this figured out, where do you see other opportunities for this to have a significant impact in young people's lives? You know, I don't, I don't have a great answer to that because there's so much opportunity to affect what's already in front of us mm -hmm. um, that there's a lot of, there's a lot of work to do. <laughs> you know, the world has changed a lot and, you know, we've chosen six kind of heavy things to focus on, you know, mental health, education, nutrition, <laughs> investments in fields and infrastructure. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I don't have a great answer to that because I feel like we have a lot of work in front of us with, with what we've set out to do. Um, we already have these amazing things that have popped up with the military and, you know, starting a nationwide, you know, football league for little girls, um, you know, establishing scholarship funds, you know, it, it just seems daunting to and rewarding to, to tackle what we have now. Um, so sorry, I don't, I don't have a great answer for that. Well, maybe a better question is I think at the one of our conversations we had on this topic is that there's opportunity for other fields to use it, right? So um, I even think about um, there's a, I forget the name of the top of my head, there's an education guy who's nonprofit and all he does is raise money to keep that going. Or, you know, Amy's got a 501c3 that is part of the sponsor program of this particular podcast. Mm -hmm. Do you see an opportunity that allows other folks to use the infrastructure of what you built to kind of go off in different directions and kind of accomplish some of the same things that you've been able to do for the athletic side? Yeah, I might. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but the um, we already have an interesting one where we're... Um, Matt, one of the founders is in real estate. And so we're using the real estate side of his business to teach these kids how to be landlords, 
how to own property, how to use leverage, how to, to do some of those things and set themselves up to when they're done, even college, if they have extra money, they can buy things in Airbnb or air, you know, buy properties and rent them, buy properties, fix them up and flip them. Um, and there's ways that they can use fundraising to help do that through the, through the nonprofit where we can invest in properties, take the profit from those, you know, some of that profit goes to the people who invested the, anything above that certain amount goes back into investing in the nonprofit and, mm -hmm. and doing things. So, um, we're kind of using the skills that we all have to teach kids how to, you know, take the benefit of getting this money, you know, and getting these opportunities that turn into revenue for them and, and careers for them to, to go into media, to go into real estate, to go into to other things. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of tentacles that come off of it. And my experience in software and media and, and things like that, and Matt's experience in real estate and and other things, you know, we just find ways to to tie that back into, you know, giving kids a skill for later on. I think the other thing, Tom, that kind of came to me, this is kind of the pay it forward opportunity too, right? So if a young mm -hmm. man or a young woman is getting help from the nonprofit to getting all these tools and resources, you know, they can use that moving forward to help the next generation. I know a lot of these athletes get back involved in the community this is another thing that they can pay forward as even if they don't become rich professional athletes, it's just something they can do to help these young people grow. I, I look, I, this is what I love about what you're doing is it has an impact beyond just the kid who needs mm -hmm. money to go play. Right. Uh, it, the, the idea that, you know, they're calling your partner in one of the founders of the company to ask them, Hey, how can I, make something significant happen for my family or the next generation of athletes. I think that's what's so powerful about all of this, which kind of leads me to a side question, which is, you know, when we're talking to young people, getting involved is a big deal, like leadership, getting involved in the community. Um, how are you seeing young people taking this? I mean, when I was in school, dude, I sold candy bars, right? So I could play athletic. The problem is I ate most of them. So I had to take the money out of my own pocket. <laughs> classic. Um, but yes, yeah, classic Ed for sure. Um, but how are you seeing, you know, through your experience of the young people where they're just taking these this opportunity and running with it, not only to help themselves, but even to help other kids on their on their team or other opportunities that, that you're seeing on the side there. Yeah, I mean, you just said it. So la last night I had a call with eight presidents from a local chapter of a football league and mm -hmm. they were all asking how they could use this. And um, one of the, the team moms came on and said, I just need to share a story about my son. And so th that family has money, like they, you know, like I was lucky enough when I was a kid, you know, my parents made me do a little bit of fundraising, but then they just put the money in, right? Because they didn't want to ask people because we could do it, right? Not everybody can do that. This family was like that too. And their son came up to them and said, hey, I know I raised, you know, $1,500. I only had to raise $500 for the team. Can, I, can we take that $1,000, mom and dad, and pay for two of my friends? Yes, exactly. You know? And so they see the, 
you know, they see the team concept. They see, you know, it's not just about me and I want to go buy a new pair of Jordans, right? They, they say, hey, my buddy who I'm in school with all day long, you know, I know he needs it. Can I cover his, mm-hmm. you know? And so now they've done that for the last couple of years with the profit they've made off of running campaigns on our platform is they just covered two other kids on the team. Love it. And, and that's how we, not how, but it's one of the reasons why we established our donation matching fund mm-hmm. is so that if, if kids want to put back, if alumni from a program or a school want to put back in, you know, they can put back in and help cover kids that just don't have the same network or support system that other kids do. Um, so it was cool to see that after yeah. only a little bit of time that that's some kids said, Oh, I can just transfer this over to him and, and make him, make him whole. So I'm going to throw a question out there and it's okay to say no or no for now, or don't ask me that again, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm curious because this model is so powerful, especially when it comes to sports. Do you see that there could be an offshoot of what you're doing going into the arts as well? All those kids wanting to be in marching band and the expense of all of that, those that are wanting to be in more expanded music lessons or theater and all the costs that's also involved with the arts. Yeah, it, it, the, the exact same model could be branded with a different name, right? The Fund Youth Sports was, Matt was really into sports. And, and so we do all the sports, cheer, you know, everything that goes along with that. But there's really no difference in the, in the model. It's a, it's a different, it's a different name and, you know, but it's the same technology, same functionality, you know, same mission. Um, and, and in some ways, some of those things are even more expensive than sports. Yes. Um, and the, yeah. and the, certainly the time commitment and the travel and the, you know, hotels and airfare to do some of those things, um, can be as costly if not more. So, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, the same model. I would say that the, um, the, the hardest thing that we've had to deal with is that people look at sports and, and even the arts sometimes as a, as a privilege, right? Mm-hmm. Not, a, not a necessary thing. Yes. And so when you're trying to raise money, you know, to try to convince someone to give you $50 when they may be struggling, you know, and they're looking at what you're trying to do as, oh, well, yeah, I wish I could go do that too. <laughs> you know, so finding ways to, you know, kind of educate people on, on why it's important to provide opportunity, even though it's a privilege, right. you know, is, is challenging. Um, you know, when people see a, a fundraising campaign for someone who lost a family member or has a child sick in a hospital, right? You don't think about that. You just donate, right? If you have it, you just donate because, God, what if I was ever in that situation? Um, But when I post out there that I'm trying to raise money for my, you know, daughter to play golf this fall, (laughs) you know, it's an entirely different conversation. Right. And, but it's, it's no less important in the development of kids and, and providing opportunity to succeed and, and do that. So it's challenging, but it's, it's rewarding to, to put things in place where, where people see the benefit. Yes. 
McKenna, I to, yes, yes. Oh yeah, you. I just wanted to ask really quickly, is there any way to um, make a positive impact on the Fund for Youth Sports that isn't a monetary donation? Because I have a feeling that a lot of people are really passionate about this cause, but might not have the funds to empower um, these youth themselves. Yeah, so th there will be. Um, we just launched this nonprofit a couple months ago. Um, and so what we're doing is mobilizing kind of local leaders who can help us do events, you know, that can help find people in their local community that businesses and other people that, that want to get together and, and do like a day in the park, right. Mm -hmm. Where they can have someone local in the community that talks about mental health or an educator or a nutritional company, you know, or, you know, anybody that wants to provide back to the youth, youth sports specifically, you know, we're going to empower people to organize those events and we're going to support them to, to make it a positive thing. So, um, and there's also ways to donate, you know, not just money, but if a, if a business, you know, can't or doesn't want to, you know, write a check, but they want to provide six months of their service or donate an item, you know, we're going to be doing silent auctions and, and things like that to raise money and, and provide those businesses with some visibility and, and credit for supporting without, you know, putting in a credit card or, or writing a check. Love it. Great question, McKenna. Ed. Listen, you guys, you guys know how I feel about Tom and what he's doing and what, you know, they're accomplishing over there. And, you know, Tom, I'm going to start where I, or end where I started, which is there's a lot of ways to make money. And we, our responsibility is to take care of our family, but I'm super excited about this, what you're doing. And I think Tom's being kind of modest because this program has done a lot of valuable things for kids in inner city and the ability for them, young people to at least have a path forward through sports to hopefully get them out of that. I mean, Tom told me this story and he alluded to it about a mom had to make a decision about paying the electric bill or buying her son some cleats. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's life altering stuff. Either you're going without power, your kid's playing. So those are the types of things that, you know, this organization is really trying to wrap their arms around. And like Tom said, there's a lot of stuff to be done and doing, but I, I love it, Tom. I'm super excited for you and what you guys are able to accomplish. And I, I'm kind of like, Amy is like, there's a lot of different ways to make this come into focus for other people in the arts or in, you know, even like I said, 501c3s that are trying to raise money and don't have the structure to put that together. I think McKenna makes a good point. So those for you folks who are out there listening, I mean, you want to get involved. There's a number of ways that you can do that. I'm sure the to-do list that Tom has is pretty extensive, but if you've got some thoughts, <laughs> ideas, uh, ways to make an impact in young people's lives the way they are, um, reach out to Tom, have a conversation with him and see if you're motivated to do so. Uh, I love it. If you guys, uh, any last minute questions or thoughts before we get out of this uh, very important interview? Yeah, I'm just so thankful, Tom. Thank you for all the work behind the scenes that I know it takes to put together something like this, let alone get it launched and to bring it us, to us here today. I mean, I love a shiny new 501c3, so this was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> to, to have a chance to really showcase that today and be here and say we are going to continue to support you in this. We will bring you back to talk about updates and we here at the Education Career and Beyond are all about this and are here to 
support you all the way through with any resources that we have as well. I appreciate yeah. the time today and uh, letting me share this story. I'm completely generous and donating Amy's time. So whatever you I need, Tom. I'm so good with that too. <laughs> really, the Listen, uh, this was one of the best. Uh, Tom's been very generous with his time on a number of different fronts. So I'm glad that we could uh, give uh, the folks out there something exciting to hear about what his team is doing. Uh, as usual, if, if you like what you've heard, you can reach out to our guest, Tom Brown, and chat with him about that. And if you know anybody who would benefit, just you know, pass it on and like it and share what we're trying to do with folks out there. The more people hear about it, the more benefits that they can receive from the information we distill on a weekly basis. So for my co-host, McKenna, Amy, and myself, this is the Education Career and Beyond podcast.